is very difficult and it takes all your focus. And that's part of the reason I love it is I'm a very scattered person. But once I drop the hood and I start, I strike an arc, there's nothing else in the world. Everything fades away. And I love that just that mentality of being absolutely consumed by a process. And then also just how much there is to the welding world. That was another thing that really surprised me. I thought, you know, I grew up, I was like, oh, you know, stick welders, people just out there laying beads, fixing farm equipment, but learning, you know, just how everything you have in your house has something welded. It's like there's a process either if there's no metal on it, it was probably made by something that was welded. It's like there's so much to the welding industry and it is so vast and it is in dire need of people. So... That was a big surprise to me, just seeing like how much it covered and also just how difficult it was. It gave me a huge respect for welders. Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now your host, Keith Williams. Welcome to the Skill Stadium Podcast, episode 119. I am your host, Keith Williams. Thank you for tuning in today's show. Today's show, we will be talking about welding. We will explore an organization that is using social media and podcasts to promote the industry. Today's guest is a musician who recently made a career change to welding and is also a podcaster for the welding profession. One of the things about my guest was when he was growing up, he didn't have the best grades in school. But he actually made the dean's list when he went to welding school, which I believe helped him in his calling. My guest grew up in Colorado and moved to North Carolina as a teenager. My guest enjoys tutoring welding students in a band and also is in a band called Chuck Mountain. An interesting fact about my guest is that he sang the song for the Houston Astros when they walked out to the World Series. Please welcome... Bo Wigginton to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Bo, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Great, Bo. I got to ask you, how did you get involved with the Houston Astros? How did you get to sing that song? I want to hear the story behind that. So when I was living, I lived in LA for about four years and I recorded a CD called Dirty Lies with a band called The Heavy Heavy Hearts. It was a band I started out there. And the studio I recorded at Killingsworth Recording Company the producer there, Tomas Costanza, he did a lot of like licensing and just kind of placement music. And they would hire me as a session singer. And I sang for them for years and years. And then when I moved to Nashville, they had another song they wanted me to jump on. So went recorded. And then that one ended up blowing up. It was on all kinds of movies, TV shows. And then later on, I found out that the Houston Astros were using it as their walkout song, like for that season, because it was that same, same year, but they ended up going to the world series. And I was the dude that sang their like, just charge up song. It was called wicked games. It was from a band called the hot dams. So wow, it was pretty cool. I wonder if any of the players know who sang the song, because, I mean, obviously it's important to them. Do they know the story behind it? I doubt it, man. Like, I don't know. When you're in the licensing world, a lot of these, like, placement stuff, it's 
you're in a band that's not a real band they just kind of have it it's like a package you know <laughs> but i don't know man it would be pretty cool a lot there was it kind of blew up on youtube and people are like who is this who is this band? Like, you know, like, <laughs> nice bo you're a hidden hero that's what i try to be i try to yeah. i love doing things behind the scenes and i mean I'm really bad at taking credit for things. So it's where I like to live. Is behind well, you're a humble man. You're a humble man. I got to ask you another thing that I found fascinating about you too, is your mantra is you said, let the words write themselves. And that doesn't surprise me because you're a musician, but what does that mean to you? So it's been kind of my philosophy. It was a tattoo. I have a tattoo on my arm that says that, but it is kind of my philosophy with life, not just music. It's just letting things happen, following whatever path. My pathway has never been clear, but I've always said yes to opportunities and just kind of let my life develop in a natural way and never saying no to opportunities and just following it so it's letting the work when i write i don't specifically say okay i need to get these all these points in there i just let it naturally come out so i just let the words write themselves i like that i like that that makes sense and you know it's kind of like even with your career because you went into welding and most people would not have thought of music and welding in the same manner but obviously it's a calling because you know school really wasn't your thing and you did well and made a dean's list. So something clicked there with it and something clicked with welding. Cause obviously if you're doing well and you're, and also you're teaching people. Yeah. I think anytime you can teach people means you're good at it. And it also means you probably have some passion for it. That's what, I think that's what you're living that by saying, Hey, yeah. let the opportunity, you know, you said yes to an opportunity and here you are. And now you're a podcaster on it. So by the way, let's just get started. Tell, tell folks about your podcast. Cause you do well.com. Please tell folks about your podcast, what you do. Okay. So Weld.com, I've started with them making educational videos. And then the person that was doing our podcast left the company. So they needed somebody. And I have a recording studio at my house. And I have a passion for talking to people. The podcast is more me being newer to the welding industry. It's an opportunity for me to learn every single time. The way I run it is I ask the questions that I have about the type of work that people do. I bring on people from all over in the industry, welders, CWIs, manufacturers, you know, people all across the industry, not just talking welding. I try to get to the deeper facets of everybody knows how in the welding world, you understand welding, but what specific tricks did you learn along the way? Just different things that me as a welder, I want to know. I want to know these things that I don't have experience in. So that's what I do at the podcast. I interview people and I try to get a better understanding of their line of work and what they're doing so I can show people, well, more tell people because it's a podcast, but tell people about the different facets of the industry. Because when I was going through school, it was very, you're going to be a manufacturer, you can do structural, you're going to do pipe. It was like three pathways. And I did not like that because I like to have all kinds of options. So the podcast, I try to show people different facets of the industry. Like you don't just have to go down these big pathways that people show you. There's sculpting, there's artistic, you could do just small parts, you can make your own custom furniture, you can do anything with welding. Everything has welding associated with it. Definitely. Bo, tell us, how did you get into welding? Why did you decide? How did that opportunity come up? 
So I was a full-time musician, just touring, writing songs, and then COVID hit, and that destroyed our industry, like the music industry. Uh, like all of my friends who are full-time musicians, like the whole unemployment was very difficult for musicians to get because you're self-employed. So it's like six months where people didn't have any resources on the financial side, and a lot of my friends checked out, and it was really really difficult time. So I needed something stable. I needed something that wasn't going to to ever shut down. So I looked at different facets of the trades and I've always been interested in welding. And so I went and took a class and it just struck some, like the very first time I struck an arc, I was like, oh gosh, this is exactly what I need to do. Because my grandpa had been, well, like he did some kind of repair work welding when I was growing up just around his house. And I was kind of fascinated in that. So I just that was my my hero. I was just like, every day I showed up, I was like, Papa, we're going to like help me out. Like, just help me get better at this because I wanted to get into the trade and have something that would make me financially stable. Definitely. And it, and it ended up being a calling because it ended up being something you really enjoyed and, and took a liking to. Yeah. It, it's amazing how life has turns and just takes us in all different directions is and and I like I like the fact that you said hey you know just being open to the opportunity and I think the um you know with the uh with covid it really revealed the jobs that were essential it really told people all right where where are the opportunities like when times get tough you learn a lot about yourself because you said some of your friends who are musicians didn't recover or bounce back as quickly uh, I, I think you understood the reality and said all right I got to be open to change I think that's that's the best start. And so many people in life just, they don't like change. And if you don't like change in a world that changes, you're in trouble. Yeah. You got to flex. You got to move. Exactly. Yes. Yes. You know, um, so I respect you for that. Tell me something that surprised you about welding. So for someone who's coming from the outside, was there something that really surprised you when you started embarked on this journey? I was surprised how difficult it was. You know, it looks, when you see it on TV or you see it in videos and everything, you know, those people are very skilled and they can just make it happen. And it looks so easy. But once you start doing it, it's very difficult and it takes all your focus. And that's part of the reason I love it is I'm a very scattered person. But once I drop the hood and I start, I strike an arc, there's nothing else in the world. Everything fades away. And I love that just mentality of being absolutely consumed by a process and then also just how intricate like how much there is to the welding world that was another thing that really surprised me i thought you know i grew up i was like oh you know stick welders people just out there laying beads fixing farm equipment but learning you know just how everything you have in your house has something welded it's like there's a process either if there's no metal on it it was probably made by something that was welded it's like there's so much to the welding industry and it is so vast and it is in dire need of people so that was a big surprise to me just seeing how much it encompassed like how much it covered and also just how difficult it was it gave me a huge respect for welders definitely you know i've interviewed um some women welders. And one of the things I've learned is the attention to detail. And a lot of women, you know, unfortunately, not a lot of women in the welding industry, but women, as we know, have, they're very good at attention to detail and sort of gives them an advantage. But it also proves just how tough the profession is. And that's why they pay a good wage, because it's not something 
everybody can do. Because like you said, you've got to be locked in. I, I would also imagine there's safety, you know, because you're dealing with fire, right? <laughs> like, so you can't just be, you know, you can't, you can't go to work and just wing it, I would imagine. That's not the profession you want to yeah, no, you definitely don't want to wing it. You got you got to know there's a lot of science that goes into it as well, just with chemical composition of the metal you're working with, the filling, like your filler metals, your gases. There's there's a lot of science that goes into making it work. And it is dangerous, but I feel like that's something that is kind of turned people off to it. Everyone thinks it's this super dangerous job. There's like people have come miles with protective equipment. You know, there's respirators that filter the air. You've got just all kinds of new lightweight flame, like fire retardant stuff. Like your clothing is protecting you. There's a lot of stuff that people have come leaps and bounds to protect the people doing it. So that is a big misconception to try to dispel with people is it is dangerous but you know there's lots of things to protect you so don't be afraid mm -hmm. yeah and also another thing too i would imagine is that you know they do a good job training people and if you are conscious of the safety and you follow the process then the likelihood of you getting injured is very low it's like anything if you do a job and you act reckless and you don't, you know, if you don't put the helmet on when they tell you and the cover and the gloves, then yeah, you might get burnt, you know, then it becomes dangerous. So I, I believe it's how you, it's a precaution you take, right? You know, if you go drive a hundred miles per hour in a residential area, you're likely to crash, <laughs> you know, and hurt somebody or hurt yourself. But if, you know, you drive the speed limit, the likelihood of you getting, you know, there's, there's risk and danger in everything. That's why when people tell me, ah, oh, that sounds dangerous, I'm like, well, you know. You Just know, got to follow the speed limit, you know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. And the other thing, too, is that there's also, you know, because we have a skills gap and not enough young people going into trades and there's a stereotype. Oh, you, you can't be intelligent. But you have to be very intelligent because you were talking about the sciences and the gas and there's learning. It's not something you just mindlessly go and do. And I think we really need to dispel that that stereotype of what people have of welding and other skill trades. Yeah. Well, the you know. safety aspect, you know, you're going to get burnt. That's just, that is one thing that comes with welding is you're going to get, it, I'm not saying like huge burns, like there's the opportunity to get third degree burns, but you're going to get little little specks of either like slag or you'll get little BBs that get in your coat. It's just something that comes with the process, but it's not something that is going to just put you out of commission. You know, there's going to be times where it's, you're, you're going to get a burn and you're, you just got to deal with it. And it's something that comes along with the process. But, you know, as far as all the fumes, there's so many more things about welding besides burns that are more dangerous than just getting burnt. You know, there's your, your gases are inert gases, so they're displacing oxygen. So that is, if you don't have correct ventilation, you could suffocate. That's one of the big dangers. That's Another thing that welding schools, especially mine, the one I went to, the biggest thing they pushed on us was safety. And, you know, OSHA, you got all these people that make sure when you're out there doing jobs, you're not put in a hostile environment. There has to be safety precautions. So if you just pay attention and just make sure you're protecting yourself, like you're looking out, the only person who's ever going to look out for you more than anyone else is going to be you. So if you keep your head on a swivel and you keep your mind in the game stay focused like you'll be fine but from time to time you'll get a burn but it's not that bad 
Yeah. And keep in mind, folks, anybody who's wanted to go into the welding profession, this is something that's been going on for years. People understand the process and system of how to keep people safe. And it's not in the company's best interest to cut corners because that's going to come back to bite them in the butt from a financial perspective. You know, we, you know, it's not something they want to do as a business. It's not very smart. So, you know, and we have too much, there's too much, you know, there are too many ways to put people on blast if they're not doing what they're doing. Correct. Yeah. And we live most... in a world where you can get exposed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and your, your, your welding jobs, if you go work for a company, you're going to have great health benefits. You're going to have the whole thing. You're going to have health, dental, vision, because they want to make sure you're in top shape to do these. They want you to be able to do your job. Like They want to look out for your safety because they you're a very valuable person because there's they don't have a huge pool of people to pull from. So the people they have that know how to do the jobs they want, they're going to make sure that you are safe and you are ready to go every day. Yep. The other thing too that I, that we should also point out is the average age of the welders nowadays are up in their late 40s, which means, and that's skill trades in general, but that also means that that smells like opportunity to me. That's what I see because those folks are going to retire at some point. Not too many people in their 60s welding. You know, like, I mean, I'm sure if you look around, there's it's probably an average age, gender, and so forth. But I don't see, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see a ton of 65-year-olds out on the job. There'll be people that just never, never quit, man. I, I, I welding is a lifestyle. And sure. once you once you get in that lifestyle, it's, it's just part of you. It's part of who you are. And there are a ton of people retiring because also it takes a big toll on your body and your lungs. It takes takes a toll on you so that's why when people start getting older and older there's less less chance they're going to stay into it until they're 70 just because their body can't keep up with it you know but the, all their knowledge is still there and they could definitely share it yeah i also wonder are you seeing more older folks going into the education side when they stop when they retire at 60 or are they just going away from it or just doing it maybe uh, as recreational there's way, I mean, a lot of instructors, if you can't do it out in the field, you go teach it, right? But there's also a ton of places around called makerspaces. Like here in Greensboro, there's a place called The Forge, which is a makerspace. And if you don't know what that is, it is a communal space where they have equipment like woodworking, welding, they have lasers, like so if you want to do engraving, all these different things that if you don't want to go to a college or you don't want to spend the money to buy your own equipment, you it's like a co-op where you share the space. But a lot of these places have dudes that have retired, like the guy that's in charge of the metal shop, Steve here, he was a pipe fitter. He has worked all over the world. Amazing pipe fitter. And he's the guy that teaches there at our makerspace. He'll teach you how to weld. But these makerspaces all around, they offer classes. They offer ways to learn the trade. And they can point you in directions of maybe they're getting hit up by companies that are looking for people that know how to weld. And there's connections that you can make at these places. But Yeah, I also, I also <laughs> believe, Bo, that people who are older in their 60s, want to have purpose in life. They want to wake up. Everybody doesn't want to just go sit on a beach and do nothing and twirl your sums. I believe that's the quickest way to dying. I think I couldn't, and I'm not that age, so I can't speak for it, but 
I would imagine that you want to wake up and have something to do, you know, even if it's to go talk to somebody down the road, you know, why not? You, you know, your money's not an issue. Go do what you enjoy doing. If you enjoy teaching young people and I got to believe it, make me feel, you know, make them feel young if they're 65 and they get to go hang out with young people and teach them something they enjoy doing. That's a win for everybody. Sharing the passion for what you love to do, it makes you young. It keeps you young. So if you if you get to wake up and go do what you love, you're still, you're never working if you're doing what you love, right? So if you're old, like you're still not working, you're just going out there and welding. Yeah. I also believe it'll keep you alive longer than if you just sat in your house and did nothing. That's, my dad yeah. is, my dad, he, he had retired and then he started a beer and wine shop and that his 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 retirement is working you know but in a different aspect and i know if he, oh yeah he loves it he loves, he loves wine it. loves talking loves chatting to people educating people on why things taste a certain way like he cannot sit still i'm i have a lot of my dad in me because i have to have things always going so i get it yeah like I'm like, Dad, you should you should just take some time for you. He's like, I'm I'm doing it. I'm I'm living my life the way I want to do it. Yeah, and I'm sure you can understand. You know, like you're you're not far off from him. You got to move. It's you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That is an awesome thing. Blessing tell and me, a curse. Yes. <laughs> so tell me something. Where do you see the most opportunities for welding in a welding profession? What areas? Do you see growing? Because I've heard of underwater welding plays really well, diving. Uh, and like you said, they're all different areas where you can go. But are you seeing any areas in particular that are experiencing a lot of growth? So everything where technology is advancing. So robots are getting way more prevalent in the welding world. So if you the thing about robotic welding is you can't just just program it. You have to know how to weld to program it because the machine will do whatever you want. But you you have to have the knowledge of what kind of heat you need, what kind of angle, what travel speed, you know, all these different parameters to program that robotic uh, welder. So if if you love video games and you don't want to like weld with your hands, you could definitely learn welding, but then just go straight into programming robots and you will have a career forever. Like robotics is huge right now. Like there's robots that'll sit right on your fab table like just a small little robot that helps fab shops knock out a whole bunch of stuff there's giant industrial robots there's robots everywhere and so help me understand sorry to interrupt you i want to make sure i understand you correct because you're sharing a lot of good information here the person programs the robot so they're not actually doing the welding the robot's doing the welding yeah so say you have a you know a car factory let's say Toyota, you know, you could have person laying down those welds, but you can program a robot to do the exact same weld with the exact same consistency every single time and speed it up. There's less chances for flaws, but you still need to have the person that is operating that robot needs to understand welding. They need to have a really good understanding because you can't, a, a robot is a computer and a computer is only going to do what you program it to do. So you have to know what to tell the robot to do in the welding aspect. Do you think that could also open up opportunities for older people who don't want the physical aspect of the job and people who push back? Because there are also young people who are pushing. I'm sure you've heard this. Some people are like, I don't want to do physical labor, right? So that could solve that 
for somebody who doesn't want to do the physical aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, people in the younger generation are fascinated with technology. You know, they, they've grown up with it in their hands. So they are prime candidates to go into robotic welding or robotic manufacturing, CNC plasma. You know, there's all kinds of all kinds of robotic processes in the welding world. And it doesn't definitely feel like people need to understand that there's that avenue. And it's not just just manual welding. Manual welding is never going to go away because you're going to always need to have a person that understands what the puddle's doing. You know, metal reacts differently when you change alloys and change, you know, if it's colder outside, you need to know how to preheat your metal. You know, there's just variables that you're not going to be able to teach a robot, especially one that people can afford. You know, it's like, sure, we can make a, a supercomputer that understands all this type of stuff. Yeah, but it costs a lot of Who's going to be able to afford it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I'll also tell you, you know, another thing, too. We all know there's infrastructure. Look at our bridges, our highways, everything in this world. You can't look somewhere without welding not having touched it. Very few things in this world, you know, that. And I, I just think like even your phone, your computer, there's tiny little welds in there. There's, yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. And, and somebody did that. That's what's amazing. Right. So, you know, um, I also think the supply chain challenges that we had during the pandemic and that we continue to have is another sign of the importance of bringing manufacturing and welding stateside and having enough people to do that type of work. I think people are they just don't understand. They don't get what happens to them if we don't have welders. Exactly. Like, the average person just doesn't get it. Yeah. And that's I, pretty I didn't scary. know. You know, I didn't know until I got into the industry how how vast it is. Like, you can't touch something without a welder. Like, yeah, definitely. Your definitely. piping processes, like your gas, your natural gas, you wouldn't have it without welders. Your water, you wouldn't have it without welders. Your power, you wouldn't have it without welders. There's, there's everything you touch, there's a welder involved. Yeah. How do we get more women and minorities into welding? Because this is something we know that is a challenge. And I'm just curious what your take is on that. I think what needs to happen, so welding used to be in, introduced to people at a younger age. So it was in high school, you'd have a welding class that people could take. I think that it needs to be introduced at a younger age because all these kids grow up saying, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer. And you can make the same amount of money doing that as a welder. And there has been a stigma with welding where it's just like an old gruff guy out there just doing his thing. And that kind of scares the women out of coming into the industry. But the funny part is they can outweld most men. Like, and when I went through school, they, the women that were in my class, they were 20 times better than I was. And I knew I could never catch up because they have a different mindset and different eyes to see the intricacies of the puddle. So it is just showing people it's like you're going to be really good at this and also there's different processes that are not as dirty you know everyone thinks of welding being this super dirty super gross trade but tig welding is some of the most beautiful art that exists in my eyes because the puddle is just you're, it's not as dirty and there you're not getting sparks flying everywhere and you could do it, it it's the more intricate small parts that need to be TIG welded. And women are amazing at TIG welding, in my opinion. Just in my experience, I've seen it. And just showing people, hey, this is something you could do. You, It is not as crazy. Like, you don't need to be able to lift a whole bunch of heavy stuff if that's what's holding you back. Because you got 
equipment that can help you out with that. You got cranes, you got lifts, you got all kinds of things. But the actual just welding aspect, just try it out. I think there needs to be more scholarships. There needs to be free education options so people can just try it. Like I think that's what would help get more people, whoever you are, just having a free access to get into just try it. Just try it I out. Agree. I agree. I agree. Because, you know, people can't do what they don't know about. And like I said, even today you were talking about robotics welding. I didn't even know about robotic welding. And I've interviewed a number of welders. So, I mean, I learned something new today. So come on, I'm working with folks in the skill trades and I don't know that. So imagine the average person is not, is not aware of those, a lot of those opportunities. And I think that we have to keep having folks like yourself who work in the industry share their knowledge, talk about it. And um, we've got to get into schools. I do believe that. And I do believe we've got to get into schools from a younger age. Uh, there's a girl I talked to down at Fabtech. I just went to Fabtech, which is a huge metalworking expo. Uh, her name's Barbie the Welder. And I've she, been here. I know her. Yeah, yeah. So she's putting out kids' books, right? So, and the kids' books are tailored to show kids what it's like, like teach kids about the trades. And there's projects that come with it. Like, that's a great way to get into, you know, a very young age saying, hey, here's something you can do when you grow up that is absolutely needed. And this is how you do it. Like, that's a way to get people in, too. You know, just reaching them at a younger age. Like, they don't have to pick up a torch, but they can read this book and understand, like, oh, this is something I could do. Yes, I, I agree with you. It's also good for them to see another woman doing that, especially the little girls, so they can see what's possible. Because you have to see people who look like you or have the same gender or so forth sometimes. If you're not properly represented in that space, just think of that space as an option for you. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you something, because I know you're a podcaster. If you could have anyone on your podcast, whether it's industry or not, just any host, just out of curiosity, more of it you know, curiosity, interest, or profession, whatever it is, who would you want to have on? So I would want to have Sean Bean, the actor, because the funny part is I, so I went to uh, UNCG, University of North Carolina here in Greensboro, and I got a degree in acting. That was what my undergraduate was in. It was just a BFA in act. And so I went from being an actor into a musician, but then went into welding. He was a welder that went into acting. And so I would love to have that, you know, just that conversation of, you know, we come from separate worlds, but we, we cross paths into each other's yes. worlds, you know. So I would love so to Sean interview Bean. Him. Yeah. Sean Bean. Okay. All right. No, that's cool. I don't know if he listens to my podcast. Hey, if you're listening, Sean, <laughs> Sean if you're come listening. on. <laughs> All right. Hey, if he's on LinkedIn, I'll tag him. Seriously. There you go. I don't know if he's on LinkedIn or on any social media. I'll tag him. Remind me to uh, have his name. Like, I don't know. Email me his name. So it's a reminder because I, I want to stay true to my word. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But just remind me. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been trying cool. to track down his like publicist and everything. Try to make it work. Yeah. You know what? We live in a time where you actually could make it work. If you get in touch with them, well, you work in, you worked in the industry, so I'm sure you're aware of that, but you'd be surprised who's on LinkedIn and who's on social media and you never know who's watching or listening. So, I mean, the worst that can happen is they say, no, they might just say, Hey, I'm just curious. You know, I'm curious about this bow guy. <laughs> you know? yeah, so like, oh, you never know. Sounds kind of crazy. Know. Let's chat. <laughs> Final question. Imagine you can meet your version of yourself 10 years older, right? You've met 
yourself in 2032 today. So you've gone through 10 years of life and you're talking to yourself today, 10 years older. What would you ask yourself? What would you want to know? I would just ask myself, what was it like touring Europe? You know, it's like, what was it like going on a tour in Europe? That's something I've always wanted to do. It is something that's on my bucket list. I want to go. I've put out music that has done well over overseas so i want to go out there and play but it would also be cool to just go out there and talk to people in the welding industry too you know i would love to just go over there and i would love to just ask like how did you make that happen finally how did you get over there you know i like that i like that that's great and that's that's always you want to know like i asked that question because it makes you think about what you have to do now to be where you want to be 10 years from now. That's the reason why I asked that question. And just a curiosity of just being like, wow, what's the world going to be like 10 years from now? You know, like what has gone through, what is the path, you know? And uh, so it, it just allows your imagination to flow. You strike me as somebody who embraces imagination and, and, you know, possibility of things and adventure. That's how, that's why I asked that. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, no, that is, that is one of my number one things in life is just always imagine, always be dreaming, set goals, fail so you can learn you know just i always set ridiculous goals for myself and try to put the pieces together to get there and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but it's con that's what keeps you alive is trying trying to just I experience agree. something new i agree and the fact that you set ridiculous goals if you fall short you've probably still done very well and you've enjoyed the process and the journey so oh man it's, you know. it's my favorite thing to do is set goals because when it happens like a lot of times the Going back to the let the words write themselves, right? A lot of times I've set ridiculous goals and didn't know how to make it happen. And magically they'll happen. You know, the power of intention and putting things out in the universe will bring things to you from time to time. Like one of my biggest goals coming out of school was I want to get a song and I want to have one of my songs and a movie. You know, it's like that was one of my big goals. And Boom, happened randomly just from I met a dude out in L.A. who was a butt of mine and he was in a Sony movie called Bad Country with William Dafoe, Amy Smart and a couple other people. But I, I was really excited because William Dafoe goes into a bar, walks up to the jukebox and pushes play and it's my song. And I was just nice. like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. William Dafoe that just awesome. walking in and turning on my song. You know what would be cool is for you to do a tour, like you were saying, if somebody, if you could get somebody to finance you doing a tour across Europe, promoting the welding profession. Oh, I would love know, that. <laughs> that would be, so if anybody's listening, like, cause I think that would be cool because there's a lot you could learn. There's a lot that's probably the same and there's probably some things that are different. I would imagine I've never seen welding in Europe, so I can't, I can't tell you for sure, but I'm sure there's some things that are the same. I'm sure there's some things that are probably a little different, but it would be really cool. I think it would, I think it'd have to be a big company. Yeah. Well, they have to be a big company, American Welding Society. If you got with the, I know, by the way, I know the president of the American Welding Society, if you want an introduction. Absolutely. But, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we could talk about that offline, but yeah, I think that'd be cool. I mean, I was just thinking about your ideas you were saying, and I was like, hmm, there's, interesting. there's actually a school called Western Welding Academy 
They're based out of Wyoming, and they're about to go on the Blue Collar Tour. So they're going, they're touring through 30 different, 30 different states, stopping at high schools to talk to them about getting into welding. And they're doing it on a tour bus and everything. It's going to be two months, and they just put out a call for a content creator to go on on the road with them to help document it. And I, I'm very interested I got to reach out to him. You might want to put your hat in the ring. You never know. Yeah, no, it would just be cool. You never open to the opportunity, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw it. I was like, okay, well, I guess this is the next path I'm going down. Try to figure out how to get on this tour bus and... Right. I always say if you have an opportunity to do something where you can travel and nothing's tying you down, because everybody doesn't get that at certain stages in their life. I'm sure you're aware as you hit a certain age, your ability to do some of those things just, you know, life, life hits you, right? I mean, everybody has different situations, but as you get older, it's tougher to go and just travel and go to different places. If you have the opportunity to do it, do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's you should. I would love to do it. There are things that I can always work around things. That's what I tell people is that, you know, if a, if a scheduling issue comes up, it's like, we'll work around it. There's ways you got to, you got to put your, your dreams in life. You got to follow them and you got to try to rearrange whatever you can to just experience life. I agree. I agree. Well, Bo, it's been a pleasure. Um, I could do this all day, but I definitely want to be respectful of your time. And, and I want to make sure our listeners uh, stay tuned till the end, because I know if I let this thing run, you and I'll be here for an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I know how it goes. Man. But we can definitely <laughs> chat off. We can definitely chat offline. And I, I definitely have some things that we got to talk about offline. So, cool. boy, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been so much fun. Definitely. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.